Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Secret Birds HQ podcast, soon to be called Rare Birds. And my name is Joanne Hamilton. I'm the CEO and founder. And I would like to welcome you to podcast episode number 97. And today we are joined by Daniela Bletchner. Hello, Daniela. Hello, how are you? I am very well, thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on your show. Yes, thank you for joining in. So, it's, is it okay if I call you Danny? We call you Danny. Of course, you can. <laughs> All right, and this is podcast episode number ninety-nine. Ninety-nine. What am I saying? Number ninety-seven. I wish it were ninety-nine. Not there yet. Number ninety-seven. We're going to be talking about dreaming about publishing your book. So fulfill your dream and publish your book with Daniela Bletchner. Right. So Daniela is the founder of Conscious Dreams Publishing. She's a best-selling author and book journey mentor who is passionate about inspiring and empowering authors to transform their stories, messages, and powerful journeys into books of impact and influence. Daniela assists authors through the publishing process and helps them to create, publish, and market professional books of value and significance. Over the last 18 months, Conscious Dreams Publishing has published over 40 books. That's quite an achievement. 11 of which have become bestsellers. And Daniela has also mentored over 80 authors and has been shortlisted for the National Diversity Entrepreneur of Excellence Award. She's passionate about empowering authors through this process and is always looking for authors with powerful messages and stories to share with the world. Ones that can educate, inspire, and empower. She runs a workshop for aspiring female authors called The Power of Your Story to assist them in gaining clarity and vision for their book as well as get clear on their self-publishing and writing process. She is passionate about providing a platform for women to have their voices heard and stories shared in a space of empowerment. Her conscious dream is to ensure that our unseen images and unheard voices are portrayed positively on a global scale and that those stories are told by those who experience them. That's really important. So welcome, Danny. Welcome, welcome. Hello, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So to begin, Danny, tell us a little bit about you. I mean, you're not new to awards, you're not new to prizes, you're not new to writing books. You were an author before you actually started your own publishing company and you were you had received a few awards before. So tell us a bit and you have written plays or films or something. So tell us a bit more about who you are, your background, and how you ended up where you are now. Oh, well, where do you want me to start? <laughs> um, so I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to be um, an author since about four years old. I was one of these kids that was asked, you know, at school, what do you want to be? And yeah. I'd always said, you know, I'm going to be an author when I'm 40 and retired with three kids. <laughs> didn't, yeah, yeah. It wasn't the case. I ended up sort of publishing three, uh, seven books before my 37th birthday. Um, my first book was Mr. Wrong, came out in 2014. Um, struggled during my teenage years was you know a bit of a naughty child but very um very <laughs> um driven ambitious um you know pushed myself quite a lot but yeah also a bit of a rebel at the same time so yeah. I um missed yeah I, I went to college um dropped out of college two times three times but during one of the um one of the colleges I was at I got an opportunity to be part of um putting together a play 
which I'd never done before. So I stage managed and I wrote the comedy sketch for um, a play we called called Phenomenal or a show we, we created called Phenomenal, Phenomenal, Phenomenon. <laughs> 98 hmm. featuring Ginny Yate and Richard Blackwood so that was my first taste of really getting in there and you know writing a script and getting involved in comedy and doing a dance show all of that was fantastic so that kind of really lit my creative catalyst shall we say um I also did performance poetry went to clubs used to perform my poems there and then I got into film in my early 20s started off as a runner started working behind the scenes didn't find it and TV and film didn't find it as fulfilling as um, I thought it was going to be because I really wanted to get involved in learning about how film works and get involved. It was hard to climb up when you're working TV, put it that way. It's hard to move up the ladder unless you know, obviously certain people Mm. um, it seemed my experience. So then I realized it wasn't TV I was so much into. I didn't even watch it. It was actually film. (laughs) It was actually storytelling on film. Mm. So I wrote my, I finally attended university. I went to Ravensbourne College in 2002. So I was like a bit of an older student. It was great because there's a real diversity. So many different characters, all different ages, um, people there. There weren't people who'd just come straight from college to university. So I studied um, TV and film then, content and creation. And I got to make my first film called Connections in 2007, which was not, it didn't win an award, but it was nominated for... um, um, Black Filmmakers Festival uh, Best Script, I think it was, um, and some other things as well. It won Best Open Deck Film in another um, at another event. Uh, I managed to win an award to write, uh, produce and direct my second film, which is called Here We Are, based mm-hmm. on two young um, Af- uh, children from African, Af- African-American, African-Caribbean backgrounds mm. who explore their hair, set in the 80s, exploring their hair and their identity, um, so they're exploring their identity through hair and mm. positive self-image. And this one, I won £600 for, I think it's Black Lewisham Film Initiative, Black History Month funding uh, to make a film in six weeks. So £600, make a film in six weeks, and that's what I chose to do. And that, I, I, it, it wasn't my best film. I loved doing it. When I watch it, I'm quite critical about how, how it's filmed and the sound and this and that. But it managed to do quite well. It got into Chicago International Film Festival. We went, got to yeah. go to Chicago. It went to the Pan-African Film Festival. Got to go there. So that was really exciting. Um, and then I realised, and I got shortlisted to um, also write, um, be a writer for Channel 4 Initiative as well. Uh, didn't, didn't quite make the final, the final cut. And mm. around 2008, nine, I got into teaching. So completely left film. And then the book writing just is something that happened organically, organically really, um, in 2012. So that's a, the lead up to where I got to, if, that, if that's what you're asking. Yeah. <laughs> and that, then, that for ages. That seems like another life. Yeah. And then you got into, so, and then you got into Conscious Dreams Publishing. What made you decide to want to create your own publishing company? Well, initially I set up Conscious Dreams Productions because my aim was to, you know, write, do, make short films and create a team of people. And I was really into animation at the time. Um, that did quite work out. That was really tough. And so I wrote my first book into, well, my first book is actually a children's book, which isn't out. I'm very passionate about it. It will come out at some stage. But in 2012, I wrote my first book, Mr. Wrong. Mm. So before yeah, I remember people that. <laughs> 
You remember that one? Yeah, before I get the women or men out there to go saying, oh, that's a man bashing book. It's absolutely not. Mm. Mr. Rowan came about after I had experienced a decade of dating disasters and and so many friends saying to me, Dan, how do you keep meeting these people? What is going on? If you meet meet one more, you've got to write a book. Mm. I met one more. And, uh, so you think you were the wrong, the wrong guys, and that led you to write Mr. Wrong? Is that was that the inspiration? Yeah, well, just from having a decade of dating disasters. So some of them were funny, but some of them were sort of overcoming more serious stuff. And what I wanted to do was not to kind, you know, not to just document all my stories. I wanted to reach out to other women and say, okay, is it just me? It was tongue in cheek to start with. We'd create all these different Mr. Wrong characters, like Mr. Dreamer, the guy who lasts for three months, and mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> yeah. Mr. S- uh, what other ones are there? Mr. Lucy, the guy who's looking around. So it's tongue in cheek, but there's more serious ones. So Mr. Serial Liar, Mr. The guy who's abusive. And so I, I reached out to women. I said, look, I keep on meeting some of these, but is it just me? Can anyone else relate? Because I think as women, we don't talk enough. And I certainly didn't. And I suffered a lot because I'd go through a relationship and it would you know, abruptly end. And mm. my sister, for example, would ask me what happened to so-and-so. And I'd be like, oh yeah, next, never one, move on. And they never, and that's how I grew up. You don't talk about things, you're strong, you move on, you press on. But actually it was damaging me because what I was doing is I was storing all these belief systems and never learning about, never reflecting really, never learning about the process and always moving on. And I had so many women sort of relating to some of my stories. Um, you know, and I had women from America, Canada, Jamaica, UK, all over the world, Australia, sending their stories. And some were really, you know, funny dating disaster stories and some were more serious stories of overcoming abuse. And I realized that actually we can learn a lot from the experiences that we went through. It's not about battering Mr. Wrong. In fact, it's not even about saying that there is a Mr. Wrong as such. It's about being the right person for ourselves. And exactly well, it's a great platform where I could unite inspire and empower women a place where we could you know really explore examine question and challenge some of the limiting belief systems that we have because I believe that you know if we keep on attracting the same sort of person the same sort of instance the same sort of circumstance then there's something going on within that we could really do with having a look at and um you know going into the why a little bit before I why about about why I set up conscious Jews publishing is that the relationship books that I had read seemed to always be about telling women, you know, what to do. So mm. how to behave, how to speak, how to dress, how to play games mm. in order to get a man. But nothing that told us how to learn from our experiences, how to love ourselves, really love ourselves, how to honour our values and our needs and our wants. Mm. Um, how to, like the power of forgiveness, the power of intention setting, the power of visualisation. All of these things, that everything actually comes from within. And that's what I wanted to create, you know, a documentation of women's stories, but also a place where we can self-discover and learn through these stories and through exercises and quizzes. So I was obviously really passionate about it. I really wanted to get it out there. I had so many women's stories that I wanted, that I had, and you know, I wanted to honour. Mm. And I tried the traditional way. You know, I read a book, Harry Bingham's book called Getting Published, which is good, interesting. It tells you step by step how to go about it, the mm. traditional way. So the first step was to, you know, write a query letter, which is a letter that you write to an agent and then they will then, you know, find a publisher on your behalf. So I did that. And as I sent off the letter, I was literally, so I stopped writing and I waited and I waited. Mm. And then, you know, all the letters came in 
three or four. So, you know, you've got great writing capability. This is really funny, witty, really witty. However, we're looking for somebody who has more of a platform or market or who's published before. So, okay, brilliant. <laughs> How do I, I do, I'm an author. I didn't know anything about platform or social media or anything like that really at that mm. point. Um, and then I, you know, went, I did what they tell you not to do and that's to go for traditional publishers. And again, you know, the letter, letter that I got back was, you know, we don't accept unsolicited authors, although this is great, good luck. And mm. at that point, at that point, to answer your question, I realised that I wasn't waiting for an answer or a response. I was actually waiting for validation. Mm, and, yeah. yeah. You know, and I realised, well, if I'm to honour these stories and if I believe I have talent, if I believe this is a good book and I really believe in the, the why and the message behind this, then I've absolutely, I've absolutely categorically got to just do this myself. Mm. And I researched in detail after being, you know, I had lots of self-publishers that wanted to publish me for like, you know, crazy money without having read the manuscripts. I thought there's something fundamentally wrong with that. And mm. so I just went about obsessively learning about the publishing process, the industry, how to get into retailers, how to put a book together, looking at the te technical aspects of it all. Um, found the right freelancers to work with and published it through my own company, Conscious Dreams, which I've now set up as a platform to... Um, help other people publish their books as well and get out there on the global scale. So that's, that's really the story. Mm, that's an inspiring story. And you know what I was going to say? Um, I've been listening a lot to, um, I think her name is Marissa Peel. She's actually a psychotherapist based in, um, in the UK out of London. And one of her things that she always says is, you are enough. You are enough. I am enough. And when you said you were seeking out validation, that's what I started thinking mm -hmm. of. Because I think so many of us, myself included, we don't realize we are enough. We don't need to be validated. We don't need to wait until we do this or wait until mm -hmm. we have that. We are enough where we are right now, right here with what we have, and we can do whatever we want. That's it. And that's that really it. powerful. And it took me years to believe that I was enough to do certain things, even though in my mind, like, okay, I'm ambitious and I, I have a goal and I know I want to do this and I set out to do it. There's always that negative talk in the back of my head that says, okay, but you should wait until you do yeah. this first, or you should wait until you have this first, or if so-and-so recognizes it, then you can do it. And now I'm just, no, you know, of course not. You know, I can do whatever I want to do because I am enough. And that's really powerful. Exactly. It yeah. was powerful. It was a real wake up call for me. It's what drives me. It's, it, was, it is what drives me. And I think we can always be more and do more. We're expansive beings. I know I've got so much more to learn, so much more to grow. And that's the joy. But mm. fundamentally starting off, if I know that this book is powerful, if I know that these stories, you know, if I had that dream inside of myself and I had that passion to do something, why should I allow it to stop there? Because another human being who works for a commercial company who, you know, have millions of pounds invested in them has said, no, I'm, I'm allowing somebody else's opinion to dictate my direction, you know, and yeah. I can always, we can always take feedback from professionals. Hey, change this, tweak this. We do it all the time when we're looking at people's books and stories, yeah. but you know, to, to completely allow someone's no to kill your dream is a, it's, a, it's an absolute travesty and I, I work with young people as well and I always say listen people are always good people in life are going to tell you no 
but the loudest voice should always be your own and should be always yeah. be your own passion. And be very careful about who you share your dreams with because a lot of the times people aren't in the right position themselves to receive your dream. Yeah. And because yeah. they're in a bad place, they're going to respond from that bad place. And a lot of people are in a position where they have never had the strength or the courage or the opportunity to do what you want to do. So they say yeah. things out of resentment, out of jealousy, and it's not your fault. It's what they're going through, but you have to recognize that and just kind of step back and say, okay, you know, well, I can't share this with this person because people, say things. yeah, people say things and it's just where they are in their lives. And sometimes they don't mean it, but it's just where they are. And if you listen to them, you'll ruin your, your own possibilities, your own dreams, you know? Yeah. A hundred percent. I run a workshop called the power of your story, uh, which I'm going to be running in February for 10 women who want to publish a book. And uh, they are a lot of them who come to me. It's sometimes it's you no know, personal story or it's a personal message coming from the personal experience that, you know, they feel vulnerable about sharing. So I always say I've got two books and one of them looks at the psyche. So one of the exercises is to write down the top five people in your life mm. and then to write down their responses, what you perceive their responses will be to particular questions. For example, I'm thinking about publishing a book. What would you think? Would you help me at my book launch? Do you know what I mean? So I get them to write down what they think they're going to, how they think they're going to respond. And then they test it and actually ask them these questions and see. Because mm. sometimes how they, how they think they're going to respond is completely different. So I've had some people who have thought their friends might respond negatively. Like, what are you going to do that for? But they've been really positive. But sadly, also the other way around. And I almost always, whenever I um, did my consultations, a lot of the time I speak to people and they don't want to make that shift because they're afraid of what their family would think or their friends would think, or they, they, they would think that they're trying to be something they're not. And it's like, well, hold on a second. <laughs> how are they, how can they define who you are? First of all. Mm. And secondly, I, I, I'm lost for words. I mean, I don't know. I think this idea that, you know, writing is reserved for the highbrow Shakespeare's of the time and, yeah, and Emily, you know, all, all, all way and write a certain way and live a certain lifestyle and it's absolute rubbish. Yeah, people have this in their, in their mind that because it's not mainstream and, and what an author should be or, you know, who it's reserved for because of that's what the narrative that society shows us in a sense, I guess. And actually it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I hear, I hear, I agree with you. And I hear a lot of people say things like, oh, anybody can be a writer now. Times have changed. Once upon a time you had to do this, this and that. And I say, well, what's wrong with that? Writing has become a democratic process. Anybody can be a writer. Anybody can go online and write and create an ebook and self-publish. And I think that's great. I think that it means people have more options. Does that mean that everyone that's writing is telling a magnificent story? I don't know. I think what what you may not like somebody else may appreciate you know so i feel like mm. there's certain persons who who kind of believe that it was better when you had to sort of had connections to become a published writer mm. and you had to have loads of money or go to a certain kind of school and personally i think it's great that everyone can share their story and if people are writing books and people are reading them i think why not why not you know yeah a hundred percent. I mean, I, I'm kind of in the middle as far as that's concerned. I think that all it means is that there's more avenues open for 
different types of people to get their books out there. It doesn't mean, and I agree, it doesn't mean the book's going to be fantastic because right. of the different channels. First yeah. and foremost, I always say that we don't accept everybody. You know, everybody might want to write a book. That's brilliant. But we're looking for manuscripts that educate, inspire and empower stories and messages that are valuable and a book that's been written well. Um, so I, I, whilst I do think, yes, there are easy ways. I mean, back in the day, self-publishing used to be seen as vanity publishing. You know, any old rubbish can get out there. But yeah. I think self-publishing now has now changed in the way that it's viewed because there are a lot of established self-published authors who are doing really well in the market, competing with the traditional you know, books out there. Also, um, you've got a lot of traditional, tradi- original traditionally published authors who have switched to self-publishing because they see the value that they have more control over their vision. They actually can make a little bit more money because they've created their own platform and connections now. They're yeah. also people who self-publish who you know, um, have been approached by a traditional company and they realize, well, actually, I'm okay. I've built a really good platform. It's, it's given me the revenue I need. I'm selling. It's not, it's not necessarily the book that's selling, but it's what the book is selling for them. For example, seminars, workshops. And if they then wanted to go and work with a traditional company, they, they'll be set, they may be censored in some sort of way. So there's a lot to be said still for self-publishing in a professional way. And what you said about, you know, anyone can be a writer. Yes. In a sense, you've got that, you know, you've got, it wasn't E.L. James who started off writing on a blog, but mm. then she was, tradi- published, tradi- um, she was published traditionally. And I haven't read the book. I have, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of criticisms about that. So I think it's swings and roundabouts, really. I think really the focus should be on, okay, I've got a powerful message and I've got a powerful story. I want to produce a professional book hired right. by professional people right. who know what they're doing. It's people have always been able to, you know, download stuff on the net or you know throw some throw an ebook together. That's great. That's fine. But it's the pride should be in how you do it and how it's presented and how how well you tell that story or share that message. If that makes sense. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't know. I think for me personally, you know, live and let live. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, if if people, if everyone's out there publishing books and 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 writing their stories how does that take away from me if i don't like something then i just don't buy it or just don't read it um it doesn't mean i have to slam that person's book and say oh who do they think they are they're not they're not a published writer and like you said as a publisher yourself you're also very selective it's not like you're just at you you have your your sort of like your vision and your goals and you you know what kind of writer you want and the kind of messages that you want so everyone's selective it doesn't it still doesn't mean that anyone can be published by anyone but it just like you said there are more there are more opportunities and there are more avenues and i think that's great personally so Definitely. i think we, we star all, does not complain yeah a star does not complain about how brightly the other stars are shining. You know? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, who cares? And there are a lot of great writers out there. Like, and a lot of people who um, would have never been given a break. And you read their stuff and you think, wow, this is, this is something I can relate to. This is a really good story. So I think, yeah. it's great. I think it's great. Okay. So you founded Conscious Dreams Publishing. You told us why. You know what I'm curious to find out more about? And I think people may be interested as well. What is a book journey mentor? What, what, does, what do you do as a book journey mentor? How do you help people write their books? Yeah. So there are lots of book coaches out there or book mentors. 
I call, call myself a book journey mentor because I really want to focus and stress to authors that are actually publishing a book as a journey, emotionally, um, mentally, <laughs> spiritually, and physically, because you have the physical production of the book. It's not, I think a lot of people think that I've written the book now, can this come out next week? It's like, well, it doesn't work like that. It, mm. it, it's a journey. You don't press the button and it comes out of a machine. It's, it's, it's a mental journey, especially if it's your own personal story you're letting go. And also sometimes you're letting go of your own self-doubt and you're handing that over to somebody else to really take care of and then to the readers to read and digest and to make their own interpretations of it, uh, which can be quite hard, I think, for authors. So the journey really comes in showing them that there's steps. So you've got the the editing phase where things might be jiggled around, things might be cut, things might be you know, trims or things might change slightly. So it's never, you know, the first draft is never the final draft. Mm. Um, and then you've got, if they've got illustrations, it's a journey of, you know, I connect them each up with, match them with particular members of my team. And that relationship then is a journey, you know, it's going from, hey, I want this idea of a book cover to actually working with an artist who will draw up some mock-ups and then the mock-ups need to be approved. And then, you know, seeing it all, complete and then the author actually giving the nod yes I like that design or can we tweak this that's a journey inside of the book is the journey the you know what kind of font do you want what kind of headings do you want um you know what do you want the layout to look like and then you've got the the marketing journey you've got oh I've missed the cover the cover yeah I've done the cover design then you've got the whole marketing journey okay so what do you want your book to do for you? For example, we've got a book written by a nutritionist called Diet Stops Monday, which I love. You know, she wants to do Facebook Lives to tell people about her book, competitions online. Mm. Um, are, you going to be, are you going to be writing a blog? Are you going to be getting speaking engagements? Um, let's write a list of press that you want to contact to get your book in. Let's write, write a list of local retailers that you might want to approach to, you know, um, so you can sell your book in physical bookstores. So all of that is a journey. The first year of a book's life, it's like having a baby. It's really important. You've got to nurture it. You've got to, it's hot. You know what I mean? You've got to, you've got to push it out there really so much for that first year to keep it fresh in people's minds. Cause after that year, um, it's not the value goes down, but you know what it's like? It's like releasing a song, isn't it? That first year you've got to do the touring. You've got to get it out there. You've got to get it into the shops. You've got to keep it playing on the radio. Mm. And after a while, yeah, after a while, it's like the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. You know, yeah. so that year is it, it's planning that journey of the book's life. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's something that I um, myself ha- hadn't really been aware of. And I think others as well, because you don't really, unless you're in it, you don't understand the, um, the different elements of writing a book, the different parts involved and the work. And you, you don't really understand what that involves. So yeah, that was really, really helpful. And I think, um, like you said, once you, it's not just about writing the book, is it? Then you've got to market it. You've got to promote it. it there's a lot involved. Isn't there? Network. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one big, crazy process. So what has it been like for you um, this year? You've published over 40 books. What is that like? <laughs> what is that like? <laughs> it has been nonstop. It's, and, and, you know, I, I, I love it. I do love it. Um, I set this up about two years ago. So, yeah, we've published over 40 books over the last 18 months. 
to two years we've got more in the pipeline so I've got consistent you know I work about maximum 10 clients a time 10 clients at a time which is probably as much as I can handle so the kind of big highlights really of this year have been um publishing a book called Climbing Clouds, Catching Comets, which was written by, um, or put together by the mother of a son called Alexander Paul, who sadly passed away last year due to an 18 month battle of brain cancer. But mm-hmm. he was a totally inspirational young man. He went to Warwick University. He spoke at the Houses of Parliament at I think, the Tory conference about his concern over the amount of young black boys being stopped and searched with undue reason. He himself had been stopped from age 15 to 21 over 20 times. And he was, you know, an upstanding young man with no criminal record whatsoever. Um, you know, studying, really academic. So he spoke at the House of Parliament about that. And um, his poetry is prolific. And his mother, Joanna Brown, found over 300 poems from age 15 to 21, just before he died. Um, a lot of it is actually very profound. and Some of it sadly quite prophetic about you know, what happens to him. Um, he talks about wanting to really make an impact in this world and how the answer to everything is love. Um, he talks about identity, he talks about um, dreams, he talks about purpose, he talks mm. about um, homelessness, he talks about race, he talks about identity, he talks about freedom. It's just powerful stuff. Mm. Um, so she put together his biography and put together a selection of his poems and came to us through Sienna, actually, who you know, mm-hmm. who um, she's my, my second mentee who, who published a book called Elephant. And so I think she that was her friend as well. They were close friends. Yeah, Joanna, yes, uh, Alexander Paul was her, his, her friend too. Um, so I'd never heard of him, but when we shared did the book cover and we, we put it together, the response has been phenomenal and it just shows how loved he was. Um, mm. She has done an event almost every month. Mm. She's had some great coverage in the press, um, highlighting a lot of issues that he talks about, um, depression in young, young, young boys mainly um mm. the aim is to set up uh, a foundation so one of his dreams was to publish a book which you no know, she's now fulfilled um mm. uh and also to set up an organization called the alexander paul organization which is um an organization to help young people deal with depression through creative expression um so that's been a real highlight we've managed to get that into five bookstores five retailers which is really wow. exciting yeah very excited about that and um yeah she's she's a phenomenal mother phenomenal woman um another book we've published was is called the black history coloring book mm. which is done really well it's for children of all races to enjoy and learn about and celebrate black achievement past and present um i say present actually the most recent was malcolm x mm. um so it looks at different characters like mary seacom marcus gari queen Azinga, um cj walker um, and it's done really well. It sold 330 copies on the day of publish in October the 14th, which was fantastic. Mm. So we've had some really great successes. Um, others, uh, Live, Love, Dream, written by uh, a young man who's a transformational coach, but he was brought up in Romania. Um, he was forced, told to drop out of school when he was 10. He had to go and work. 
Mm. He then came home one day at age 14 to find that his mother and father had left, abandoned him. He had to look oh after dear. his sister. Yeah, and he, um, he was left to look after his sister. They went undetected by the authorities for two months until they finally, you know, found, realised what happened. And he, you know, was brought up in a Romanian orphanage. So mm. his book is all about how he transformed his life through his mindset um and turned his you know greatest pain into his biggest power and now he lives in the uk as a transformational coach so they've been i mean there's been so many more as well but they've been three major highlights um this year i would say mm, wow you know as you were um discussing all the different books and and all the different people it, it just made me realize well not made me realize but one of the um come to the realization, I guess, that one of the reasons I love reading so much is because I get to connect and learn about people that I would have otherwise not known about. And I get yeah. to learn about the human experience and the human condition in a way that you can't any other way. You know, you yeah. can, I mean, social media is great because it allows me to connect with people I would have never had a chance to connect with in the past, right? Yeah. But when you read a book, it takes you out of this world. It takes you into a completely different place and you can really feel and connect with another human being like that boy who's uh, Romanian and, and the guy who's sort of writing his story as he's dying, you know, with his tumor. Yeah. And these things really connect. It makes you realize that um, there's a lot more out there than your little world, you know? There's yeah. a, there's a, there's a lot going on and it really connects you with, with human beings because I think sometimes we're so caught up in you're black, I'm white, you're Chinese, I'm from the Caribbean, yeah. you're from France. And that's like, you know, all the layers. But when you tear that all apart, we're all human beings experiencing this life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what exactly. books do that for me, particularly biographies, autobiographies, um, fiction, nonfiction, everything. It's great. Love books. You hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what I love. I, I mean, I love people. Um, no, I love learning about people. I think we're fascinating, you know, what we can endure, how we endure it, how, how we cope with things, how we deal with things, how resilient and strong we really are. And, you know, what makes us cry, what makes us laugh. All of these things, I think books and stories really what connect us, you know. Definitely. I mean, when you read a book, every time you read a book, you take away a layer and you, uh, you, uh, you, you learn a bit more about someone or about yourself, about yourself. So yeah. that's why I've yeah. always enjoyed reading. I don't get to read as much as I'd like to, but reading has always kind of been my refuge. And I think it's like that for a lot of people. Reading is a refuge for a lot of people, especially when you're young. You know, if you were, if you yeah. were bullied, if you were an only child, if you had some kind of trauma, a lot of young people escaped through books. 100%, yeah. I mean, I always enjoyed reading because that was just my thing. You know, I was kind of in my own world. I could read my books. I could do my own thing and be left alone. All my brothers and sisters are way older than me. So I was kind of like an only child anyway. So I just did my own thing yeah. and I escaped through books. And that was amazing for me. Yeah. 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 100%, I, exactly the same thing. I remember, I think it was age seven, I read 14 books over the summer holiday. I just absolutely loved it it was definitely a, a real getaway and escapism and um it is escaping reading very key but what i found was that um growing up and even now as an adult reading a lot of books can make you antisocial <laughs> because you get, around, you get around people and then you don't know what to talk about because 
um, unless they're reading the books that you're reading, or sometimes you get so heavy in your head and you get so deep, you know, because you're doing all of this reading that you can't really socialize. You're almost awkward. I know that's happened to me a lot where I get around people and it's like, okay, what do I talk about? Because, you know, some people, you just got to keep it light. You know, you don't want to turn people off with these heavy conversations. But that's what happens yeah. when you read a lot. You, you get heavy. You get really into the thick of things. And it can make you kind of socially awkward. And you're just like, wait a minute, I've got to put these books down for a while. Does that ever happen to you? I, I think it's about balance. I think it depends what you're reading as well. I mean, you could read yeah. as an adult, you could read a light-hearted children's book, you know, something yeah. that's going to make you laugh, or a joke True. book, or you know, something that's that's not so heavy and deep. Um, yeah. I like a lot of. Um, well, I guess since doing this, most of the books I read are the author's books. <laughs> but I do like a lot of, you know, I do like self-development books, um, good ones, spiritual books, yeah. looking yeah. at different cultures, perspectives. I like you know, poetry. Um, but I do like a good fiction book that just takes you away and that you can just about enjoy love. and read and put love. down. And... I like books about fiction. Not so much about... <laughs> you like love. Um, when it's fiction, <laughs> like... it's fiction, yeah. About two people falling in love. I like that. Or someone... I like books where people explore falling in love. I think it's... I don't know, I like that. It's kind of cheesy, but I like it. Well, I didn't know you like that, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but also I read, the thing is though, I read a lot of heavy books like economics and development and like I'm reading a book now right, called yeah, Quiet, yeah. which is about um, introverts. So that's a different, I try to read yeah. different types of books, but for a while I was just reading a lot of heavy stuff. I'm like, okay, you got to get your mind out of this. And then I started reading yeah, a bit of balance. books and poetry. Like I love poetry by the, um, the Persians, Persian poets. I love reading okay. movies and Rumi. So yeah, I, I love a bit of love. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I do. I'll let you know when our next love book is coming out. Yeah. But no, I think it, I do think it's about balance. I do think that, um, you know, reading is good, but socializing is also good. Speaking to real humans is good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and you obviously, you know, in your circle, you know who you can have those deep conversations with. Yeah. And you know who you can have more light-hearted, fun conversations with, and that—that's the beauty, really, of yeah. diversity in a sense. But I do like, and I do read, like reading magazines, for example, like uh, different kinds of magazines, mm -hmm. like design, architecture. I like a bit of, uh, you know, gossip as well, of course, celebrity gossip. That's always gossip. Joe, gossip. I didn't know this was you. <laughs> A little bit of gossip is always good. You know, who's with who, what's happening. You have to, listen, you have to be in the know because you go to like social events, like I go to parties or house parties or whatever, and people are talking about this stuff and you got to know what's going on. You know, like you got to know. About really? Do you know what, Joe? So, I, I feel know. like I'm in such a whole I, I like being in my home. I don't watch TV. I haven't watched TV for five years. I don't when watch people TV talk either. I don't I don't, I don't know who the celebrities are and I love it. I like it. I just let it go over my head. No, and, I, do, um, I do. Particularly at the airport. I, I, look, I look at a bit of Hello magazine. You got to do that. Yeah. No, because I don't watch TV either. Just like you. I've stopped watching yeah. eons ago because I just don't like what's on TV. But what I do find myself doing is watching a lot of YouTube with um, these like influencer oh, people. Yeah. And they, they keep me up to date. Like, I got to know. Like, I'm sorry. I like Cardi B. I got to know what's going on with Cardi B. I got to know, you know, what's going on with Priyanka Chopra. I, I like to know. <laughs> you know? Why not? No, because, oh, listen. 
there's some circles where you get in. If you don't know these things, you can have a bit of lighthearted conversation. I think it's good to be varied, you know, like there was a time where I would banish all these things, but I think I was just way too serious and too heavy. Now I'm like, listen, what's going on in the world of celebrity? Like just today I was reading about the royal family of God and, you know, the, um, Harry and William and they're not getting along and then I was like okay I've had enough of this and then I moved on <laughs> but you gotta I gotta read I gotta know what's going on <laughs> seriously and the, but I know I know how far to go and then I stop you know what I mean I'm not one of these people yeah. that I read it and then I have to go have a conversation about it and research it I, it's just yeah. a laugh it's just lighthearted, and then I move on yeah everyone's got their little thing yeah definitely definitely so um no that's really really good so okay and you said 11 of 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 the um your authors have become best sellers okay so you're doing it all Daniela. you've done it all what is next for you you've got best sellers you're publishing books you've written your own books what's next for you I've done it all. I have not done it. I'm just at the beginning, Joe. No, um, I mean, with books, it seems, <laughs> as an outsider, I guess it seems, you know, like, wow, we should do a lot. So much more, so much more I want to do. But I mean, um, all right, my aim is for next year, I've got, if I say it, I'm going to have to do it now and put it out there. Okay. I want to have, I'm going to have a Conscious Dreams Publishing Award Ceremony. So we've got a lot of things now. So it'll be things like best book cover, um, best fiction book, best children's book, whatever, you know, to have some sort of award ceremony. What I would love to do in the future, it's not for next year, but in the future, is to really build up more relations with organizations with, let's say, you know, women in India or women in Peru or women in Brazil, you know, all over the world. So we can hear these stories that are unheard and untapped and that they may not necessarily have the funding themselves to be able to publish that book but mm. it's a pair of organizations where we can get these stories out there in the forefront mm. like i say we don't take royalties we're not about that um you know i'm just about making sure that the author is empowered through that journey and that they are in control of their book journey mm-hmm. um at some point if i start getting jk rowling's coming in i might change that model but for now <laughs> We don't have royalties, but I would love to have some sort of women's conference where women all over the world team up, you know, speakers from women all over the world sharing their stories. And I think even though culturally um, what may happen to us in terms of our journey will be different, how we deal with it is very much about a human state. Do you see what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. I want to speak to that woman who has been forced into a marriage how does she deal with that how did what does she learn about herself how did she endure that well how does she overcome that what was that strength inside of her that all of us have that really helped her to get out of that situation you know i want to speak to that woman and you learn you learn how to deal with your own stuff too because you realize wow there are women out there dealing with some serious stuff Mm -hmm. yeah exactly no yeah i'd I'd love some sort of conference where these stories are shared, um, you know, the, the female experience. Yeah, I think I love that. The female experience around the world is varied, but at the core, it's still, it's still female, you know? So, for example, it might be a woman in Afghanistan who is risking her life every day to say go to school or like recently in the elections, risking her life to vote. And that seems extreme to someone who's living, say, 
in North America, but your experience mm-hmm. in North America might be, you know, something as simple as you don't think you're qualified for this job and you've got to put yourself out there and you see that as a risk. Now, some, mm-hmm. someone might say, well, mm, how can you compare those two things? They're so extreme. One is life and death. The other is just about self-esteem. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's some kind of connection there between women in terms of how, how we deal with risk and how we see risk and how we perceive risk and ultimately it's about our self-esteem. I think everywhere around the world, women are dealing with self-esteem issues and issues of how to navigate society and how to be a woman. And I think that's what connects us all what it means to be exactly that's exactly what it is it's at the core of us we all want the same thing don't we and it's what society and where we live may dictate the experience that we endure but at the core of us there is a connection and that is that's womanhood and I'd like to um really explore that in in a lot more in a lot more depth through having some sort of conference and getting these women together but I don't know when and how this is going to happen but I'm putting it out there you know as we get I'd like to do something like that further down the line another aim is to create more links with retailers Mm. so we can get more of these into physical bookshops which is a bit of the holy grail being um, a self-published author it's not always easy to do that but I absolutely um, you know want to start getting more of these books into into physical bookstores that's another goal moving forward yeah okay well you know what you put it out there and once you put it out there the universe god whatever you want to call it is going to conspire to make it happen for you and if you you know if you really believe that that's going to happen then it will you're going to find a way to to make it happen amen (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know it's that's a really good idea because I know so many women um, that are writing books and and so many women from developing economies, emerging markets, like you said, India, Brazil, Peru, whatever, who are writing books or who have stories to share. Or you know, there's so many women out there, Danny, who have written books and they just have, well, it's not a book yet, but they've written they've written the transcript, the actual you know raw part of it, yeah. and they're just waiting for someone to say can I read your stuff or do you have something or maybe they're nervous, you know, and they want to put it out there, but they don't have the right form. So that would be really brilliant to do something like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think my, my thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go on. No, I was just going to say, I think that's it. That would be really exciting. That'll be exciting. Definitely. Definitely. I think. So what's amazing is I've had consultations with a few women actually who have got powerful messages and they want to share their story and they've said, oh, but you know, it's, I've written it, but I don't know if it's good enough and, you know, I haven't shown anyone or they've got this self-doubt and they're not sure about it and they're worrying about how they're going to be judged and there's all this like lack of self-belief going on. And I'd read the manuscript and obviously you know it's never going to be the finished polished thing straight away so it's like oh this is great this is great um at the heart of it do you have a good story do you have a good message yes you do brilliant everything comes out in the edit you get a good editor a professional editor they will clean up that polish that diamond so it shines even more than it already is but we always keep the authentic voice we don't we don't you know change we write none of that so 
some of these women, there's two women in particular I'm thinking about who've come to me and they said, oh, I don't know about sharing my story. I don't know if it's any good. What do you think? Um, they have now, I've seen one of them now, she's going to be going into schools, talking about um, doing workshops on depression. I saw her do an event um, and a talk where she really, really, every time I see her speak, she becomes so much more powerful. And the people and the feedback she's getting from people who have suffered from some of the things that she has in her book are now coming to her saying that, you know, the book's been a godsend. It's really helped them. And now they're tackling this and they feel strong enough to do that. And they can empathize and understand with her journey. And that's what it's about. If that story, if we stayed in that mentality of like, oh, is it going to be good enough? And is anyone going to like it? If we stayed in that mentality, then those people who've read your story and it's changed them in some way, we'd never have had that opportunity. Right. See, and that, that's when I say, you know, if you think you've got something, you wouldn't write a manuscript if you didn't believe in it. You wouldn't. Absolutely. So why not see it through to fruition? Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Perfect, perfect, perfect. So, Danny, what um, parting words would you like to leave with our listeners? The dreamers. What parting Yes, the dreamers who want to publish, who want to write, who have written, who believe they can't write. I don't know. You know, people listening in. What, what parting words would you the like? Dreamers. We all dream. Mm. People talk about, you know, dreams being something outside of ourselves. You know, pursue your dream, follow your dream, catch your dream. But actually, if we change the perspective, the dream is that already exists within us. Everything we need is within us. It's not outside. And... The reason I've called my company Conscious Dreams Publishing is that anyone can dream, anyone can fantasize about achieving this, achieving that, having this, having that. But actually, when you start to consciously align your thoughts, your words, your actions towards that dream, that is when it comes to fruition. So whether that is you've written the manuscript um, and you've left it there and you're dreaming about it being a published book, well, don't dream. Take those practical steps, those conscious practical steps to making it happen. You know, find a book journey mentor, find someone who can help you publish, find an illustrator, you know, do all the things that you need to do that will align your vision and your mission. Surround yourselves with people that are going to lift you higher and are going to support you in your dream. You know, stay firm in your values, know why you're writing what you're writing. And if you've got that why, you've got that spark and you've got that passion, it came to you for a reason. That is a gift. So by hook or by crook, if you believe you have a dream, even if it's not writing a book, even if it's whatever it is, setting up that business, if you have a dream, that seed, that idea has come to you for a reason. And dreams lay dormant. They can lay dormant forever. People say the richest places in the graveyard. It's, you know, full of books that have never been written, stories that have never been told, businesses that have never been set up. We only have one life and you have a dream and you have something that you really want to achieve and you know it's going to impact other people positively it will be an absolute travesty to keep that dormant. So that's, that's my, that's my last words really. Oh, <laughs> and if you'd like to have a, a free 30 minute consultation, which I'm offering, um, yeah, do connect with me on Facebook, Danny Blechner. Um, our website is www.consciousdreamspublishing.com. Just yeah. Google consciousdreamspublishing.com and all of our social media and information will come up. Yes. And I, I, I do apologize. I called you Donnie Blechner, but I know your surname is German. So it's Blechner, isn't it? C-H-R-E-N-A. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> I do apologize for that. I'm always screwing up people's names on, on my podcast, you know. 
I always, nobody, yeah, people, I always get my name incorrect. In the past, in the past, I just don't pronounce it. And I say, can you please pronounce your own surname? Because I, I just don't want to ruin it. And it's, it's a bit of a joke, but I'm always like, dear God, help me. But um, that's, that's great. And thank you so much for offering that to um, the listeners. So where can we find you, Danny? Tell us all about your your social media, your websites, um, an email address if someone wants to reach out to you. Oh, whoops, I just did that. Okay. <laughs> Everything's so you, you know, like all the stuff. Yeah, I will do. So you can find us at www.consciousdreamspublishing.com. That's C-O-N-S-C-I-O-U-S, dreamspublishing.com. Mm-hmm. You can email us at info at consciousdreamspublishing.com. Our Twitter handle is dreamsconscious, capital D, capital C. Um, Instagram is Conscious Dreams Publishing, And Facebook is also Conscious Dreams Publishing as well. So look forward to hearing from you. If you wanted to book a free 30-minute consultation, mm-hmm. um, the website for that is www.tinyurl.com forward slash consultations 2018. Wonderful. Perfect. Perfect. And there is anything that we can do for you. Maybe you want something. Maybe you're looking for something. I mean, I know you mentioned that you'd like to to do a big event or, or so on, but is there anything that the community can give for, to you? And if so, what would you... Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. I thought about that. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, if you know any events going on um, and you are looking for a speaker, because I'd really like to get out there more speaking in front of live audiences and attending live events. If you're looking for a speaker, I am happy to come along and talk about the power of your story, how a book can leverage your business, um so i'm i'm here so any speaking engagements would be fantastic if you are a small bookshop or if you know of a bookshop or even a large bookshop mm. please do connect me with them as well uh, we've got a whole catalog of our books um which i'm aiming to put on the website a catalog of our of our books so if you are if you've got an event and you want to have a speaker i'm your lady if you know of any bookshops that um you know we can stock our books in get in contact so those two things would be fantastic awesome okay danny and the final question what does it mean to you to be rare what does the word rare mean to you rare 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 to me means um we're all rare really we're all unique mm-hmm. no one's ever going to have the same thumbprint as you which is why they take the thumbprint down at a police station but you know no one's gonna have your same thumbprint no one's gonna have the same retina or iris is it as you you are unique therefore you are rare by default is it by default but you you (laughs) (laughs) You are unique therefore you are rare by default we're all created you know perfectly wonderfully made so each and every single one of us is rare but that rarity is um a deep connection and unity throughout all of us really oh i love that that was beautiful ah (laughs) thank you so much well and i want to thank you uh for not only for being on the podcast but for the work that you do the work that you do is very very important um you're not a storyteller you are a uh uh uh, you're giving people a platform you're a channel you're a modem for a modicum for for people to share their stories. And I think that is 
so important. We often see the books and we see the authors, but we don't see the work that goes into that. And it's people like you mm-hmm. behind the scenes that are making these things happen. And that is something that we don't hear about often. So thank you so much for the work that you're doing and helping thank people you. to bring their stories to life. You are appreciated. And we love you, Miss Blackman. Oh, I love you too, Joanne Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. That is it, lovely ones. So I hope you've learned something. I have learned quite a lot. I mean, I didn't even know what a book mentor was. I knew Danny did it before because of of Sienna, who um, is one of our rivers, uh, told me that you were doing that, but I didn't know what that was. So that's helped me a lot. And I hope you, um, I know you have actually helped a lot of other people and inspired other people to get their stories out there. So I hope this was a good listen. And until next time, bye for now. Bye. Thank you. See you. Bye bye. <laughs>